following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at karm.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. You're listening to Matt Slick Live. And if you want, you can give me a call at 877-207-2276. And uh, same as usual. Okay, so just so you know, the last four digits of that number spell C A R M. So it's it's uh, uh, two zero eight. No, wait, wait, no, 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 wait. I got all these numbers in my head. Eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. All right. So I guess it sounds okay, right, Charlie? Because it's working. Okay. All right. You know, I I spent a long time today trying to do one thing. Get my Google Calendar to sync on my phone, and uh, something's amiss. That was fun. And uh, I'm going to work on that. I got some interesting research. I was uh, I was in a room last night and uh, a chat room, and um, it really was uh, it was interesting. I uh, I actually learned something. I learned something, uh, and I didn't come up with it. Somebody else did. And uh, I'm talking to some Catholics, and they were trying to talk about how great their church is. Blah blah blah. And uh, they have all the authority. And I, we got talking about the issue of bowing down before statues. And they went to Joshua 7, 6 and said, Joshua bowed before the ark. Because that was where God was. And he said, we go to the church. That's where God is. We bow before the statues of Mary. And, you know, I, it's just like, a, what, is Mary right there? You know, and how old is she? She's everywhere. You know, it's just stupid stuff. And uh, this guy comes on and he jumped in and he goes, look, dudes. He made a great point. He said, because uh, I brought up about not making any idols and not making anything that you can, you know, you... Uh, bow down before and he said well they bowed down before the ark and this guy brought this good point he said when god when god talked about this you know he said god commanded them to make an ark but he told them not to make for themselves an image and that's what you guys are doing and i thought that point was basically brilliant and uh, so you know i always am learning something from someone i really enjoyed that all right all right all right hey if you want to give me a call 877-207-2276 scott from spokane scott welcome you're on the air man hey how are you today matt doing all right hanging in there just hanging in there what do you got buddy same here um anyway so would you mind turning to revelation chapter 3 verses uh verse 21 and um so before i get to the question i just just real quick you know there's places in the bible where paul uh mentions that don't you know that we will judge angels? And there's other places where he mentions reigning with Christ. And then this verse, verse 21, I want to know what, what exactly is Jesus saying here? In, in what context is he saying that we could, uh, I don't have the right in front of me, but that we would sit on his throne with him the same way he sat on the throne with his father. So like when I think about these things, it, it sort of naturally kind of draws you in, not draws you, but sort of makes you think about Mormonism in a way. It's sort of, I, I don't, I would never go that far with it, but I want to know what is, what is he saying? Well, that's a good question uh, to sit down on the throne. Uh, you know, if you take it literally, Jesus is sitting on a literal th- throne, and then uh, millions of believers are going to sit down on the throne with him. It'll be an awfully big throne. So that's not what's going on. It just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But to sit in that place of authority, and uh, we are kings and priests, according to the scriptures, that we have been bought, Acts twenty twenty eight, you know, with the blood of God, and we're redeemed and dwelt by God. And so we have great authority. You know, John twenty twenty three talks about binding and loosing. We can do a lot of stuff because uh, we are the holy ones, the hagioi, 
the uh, the doulos, the, the slaves of God. And so in that sense, uh, you know, you sit on my throne uh, with me. And so we will rule with him. He's the ruler, but apparently we're going to have stuff to do and uh, domains of some sort. Uh, and that's what it seems to be. Okay. Okay. Uh, I just got one more quick one, if that's okay. Sure, no problem. So, um, would you mind going to Luke chapter 16, verses, or just verse 9? Okay. And again, Luke. here, I just want to know, what is Jesus saying? <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that takes a little bit more explanation, so uh, I'll have to do that in order for you to understand the context, because he says there in that verse, uh, make friends for yourselves by means of the wealth of unrighteousness, so that when it fails, they'll re receive an eternal dwellings. The context is about the parable of the unrighteous steward. So let me go through the parable, because once you understand the context, then it'll make more sense. Okay, so the parable is a... Yeah, is I was actually going to ask you if you could run through the whole parable, because it, 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 the whole thing, it, I mean, even the first part of the parable where he sits down and changes what they owe, that seems like dishonest to me. Uh, let, me so explain. Anyway, <laughs> let me explain what's going on. Okay. okay. So what's happening here is, it says this, this is in Luke 16.1, there was a rich man who had a manager, and his manager was reported to him as squandering his position, possessions. All right, so there's a landowner, and there's a manager of the land. So the landowner would have someone who would uh, do his business, do his bidding. So the landowner would say, raise the tax to 11%, or reduce it to 7%, or whatever it might be. It might be uh, a drought that came through, and the landowner would then say, instead of 10%, give me 3%, you know, whatever. It's that kind of a thing. And so whenever the, the manager went out to the people who were tilling the land, he, would, he was representing the landowner. So this landowner uh, would often rent out this area or owned a large area of land, and people would come in, and they would live on the land, and they would work that land, and they might give uh, 80, you know, 20% to the landowner, whatever. I don't know the numbers, but this kind of a thing, so that they could then uh, feed their own families, and uh, plus uh, the landowner would be provided with food. So if he had 20 people doing this on land, and he got a percentage of what they had, he'd be quite rich very quickly. All right, so... And he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an accounting of your management, for you can no longer be manager. So now he wants to find out the truth. Give an accounting, because if this is the case, you can't be manager. So the manager knows he's in trouble. And he says, uh, doesn't, you know, he's not uh, going to beg, he can't dig. So what's he going to do? He says, oh, I got an idea. What I'll do is, he'll, he says, I'm going to uh, go and tell him, you know, reduce the rates. And you, and you got that. How much do you owe? $10,000. Okay, reduce it to five. How much do you owe? You know, 7000 Reduce it to six. Whatever it is. Well, that means then that the people who work the land will then believe that this was initiated by the landowner because the managers represent the landowner. Now, in that culture, the reputation of a man was very, very important. And um, the mature men didn't run, they walked. They, they spoke slowly. They considered their options. They were wise. And so he's considering his options, and he is not rushing and he is making the landowner making sure things are right. So the reputation of the, of the landowner is always there, and this is important because in an agrarian society, if he is found to be wicked, then people aren't going to want to do business with him. So his reputation is critical in this culture, far more than it is with us, because, hey, you don't like what I say, go to another store, go over there, I don't care. But there, that's different. The word would get around in the, in the culture. And uh, if his reputation was destroyed, it was destroyed on several levels, economically and theologically, because the people who owned the land, the, the 
the Jews were under the law of God, under the Mosaic law, and they were obligated to do what was right before God. So for a manager, I mean, for a, a landowner to go to become wicked or cheating would mean he not only was dishonest, but he was turning his back against God. So the ramifications of something like this in a culture like that would be absolutely humongous. And he could lose his livelihood, his family, be destitute, all kinds of stuff. All right. Okay, now. So the land, uh, the manager goes out and says to these people, hey, reduce your rates. What's going to happen among the people who worked the land? They're going to rejoice. They're going to say mm -hmm. the landowner is great. The landowner is awesome. He is wonderful. They don't know that the manager is the one who's being deceptive. They think that the landowner is the one who's being so wonderful and so great. So the people are going to have a celebration. That's just what you would do. You have reasons to celebrate. You might buy a fatted calf or get some extra wine and have a celebration and praise the, the great name of the landowner, etc., etc. What's the landowner going to do once he finds out that the guy's been lying? Now he's stuck. Because now, if he says, no, whatever you owed me originally, pay it now. Well, it's going to cause a, well, let's just say a, a modicum of depression and anger to rise up among the people. And so the landowner mm -hmm. is stuck. He doesn't want to appear as though he was incompetent with this manager. That would reflect poorly on him. It would make the manager look bad. What if the manager said, no, this is what he said. Now he's got another problem. So he's really stuck. So Jesus says, and he's praised. He's praised him. His master praised the unrighteous, uh, in verse 8, un unrighteous manager because he acted shrewdly. Now notice what he says here. For the sons of this age are more shrewd in relation to their own than the sons of light, than the Jews. The mm -hmm. sons of even just the unbelievers are, sh are smarter than you Jews. I say to you, make friends by your, uh, for yourselves by means of the wealth of unrighteousness so that when it fails, they will receive you into eternal dwellings. What he's saying here is the issue of salvation, eternal dwellings, is so critically important that even if you have to do, be unethical to get in, at least that's a smart thing to do. They're being smart about what's happening for, the, for their future. You're not. That's the whole point of what's going on. Okay? Okay, so he's saying salvation is that important to gain it by whatever means, similar to like buying, finding a pearl and buying the land because right. the pearl's there kind of a thing? Exactly. Okay. Because he's trying to designate how important it is. Now, this is not the way we would think. Wait a minute. No, just believe and you're okay. What he's doing is talking to covenant people, covenant Israel, who's going to understand this parable in the cultural context. He's not speaking to the Gentiles. He's speaking to the people of Israel because he was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, Matthew 15, 24. So he's addressing them in a manner that they will understand. And what he's saying is, by the way, this unrighteous steward, he's a smart guy. He took care of himself. He took care of himself. And the unbelievers are more, they're smarter than you are about this. You're so stupid, you're not even getting what is what's critical about uh, inhabiting and finding eternal dwellings. You better do whatever you can to get in. That's what he's saying. Even if it's not even the right way. Well, there's only one way through Jesus. But that's not what he's saying, as though there's another way to do it. He's simply emphasizing the importance and the criticalness of this whole issue of salvation. And you better, you better get in. Because eternity is a long time to be wrong. Okay. Okay. Make friends for yourself from the wealth of the unrighteous, so that when it fails, they will take you into the eternal dwelling. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, okay. Well, okay. Good. I, I don't want to take up too much time. Okay. It's a tough one, but that's what's going on there. It's a radically different okay. way of teaching that, that Jesus used. Okay. All right, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. God bless. Hey, folks, we have two open lines, 877-207-2276. Be right back.
places with people in this world that are without any hope. That is, until Mercy Ships arrives. Mercy Ships is a place restoring sight to the blind, healing to the deformed, acceptance and help to the outcast, and love to the brokenhearted. And many times, you can almost see the life coming back into them. <laughs> Can't be that. Mercy Ships is the largest floating civilian hospital in the world, staffed with some of the most skilled volunteer medical professionals and crew. Mercy Ships brings hope, healing, and love to the lost and forgotten in the world. To learn more, go to mercyships.org today. We live in an on-demand world, time, weather, meals, and content. That's why the Truth Network has the Truth Podcast Network, some of your favorite Truth Network programs, plus some that are podcast only. Rich content that is rich in the word. Truth for a New Generation with Alex McFarland podcast is content for all generations of Christians. Alex is an apologetics author and speaker. Alex's greatest passion is fueling any Christian's faith and giving all the stuff needed to do the same. Truth for a New Generation podcast at truthnetwork.com. Okay, I'll be right there, guys. Hey, oh, Deb, come on in. I thought you were the radon test guys. The who test guys? Didn't you see the paper Sunday? The Surgeon General issued another warning. Oh, like the cigarette warning? Exactly. Only now they're saying radon causes lung cancer. For non-smokers like us, radon is the number one cause of lung cancer. You're kidding me, right? I have a smoke-free home and my family can still get cancer from radon? Yep. That's why the Surgeon General says every home should be tested for radon. But I don't smell any radon in my house. No, nobody can smell radon. It's odorless, colorless, and tasteless. It just comes up from underground and seeps into your house. Oh, great. No, no, hey, it's no big deal. Even if they find high levels of radon, it can easily be fixed. My brother just had his house fixed. Now that's the radon test, guys. So how did you find them? First, you go to the EPA website. Learn more. Visit the EPA at epa.gov slash radon. That's epa.gov slash radon. Mommy, I'll get it. Oh, I'll be right there. Me too. If you love them enough to listen to them practice the same song on tuba, please be done. Over and over and over and over and over. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Sounds good, honey. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. And the- it's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Alberto, welcome. You're on the air. Yes, um, you know the famous Calvinist scholar, Wilberforce? Wilberforce? Um, Wilberforce, Did he die? Someone told me that he wasn't even sure if he was going to heaven or not. He himself uh, himself wasn't sure that he was going to enter heaven. I don't know. So, how do the Calvinists have any security? But he's a famous scholar. Calvinist scholars, so, so basically he's not a word that elect. <laughs> well, what you're doing, you're hearing, it's hearsay. You don't know if that's what he actually said. And uh, without documentation, uh, I, you know, I wouldn't uh, put much credence in it. A lot of times people will tell me things. I'll say, well, where's the documentation for that? And they don't have it. And not that I want every documentation mm-hmm. for every single detail, but it's like, okay, can you show me? Well, I just read it someplace. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, maybe it's the case, maybe it's not. But I just tell them, I said, look, if you don't have any way to really look at it so we can look in the context, see what's going on, I really can't comment about mm-hmm. it. I mean, and and so what if he had uh, if he didn't have assurance? What does it mean? It means if if it's the case, it means he was struggling in some areas. That's all. Okay. Mm-hmm. All, right. all right. I just wanted to know. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, buddy. God bless. Bye bye. Uh, all right. Hey, let's get on the air now with. Let's see, Jonathan from Washington State. Jonathan, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, how's it going? 
It's going, man. It's going. What do you got, buddy? Yeah, I had a question about um, Calvali- Cal- Calvinism. Okay. And uh, I know you did how it relates to free will. I know you say there's like uh, like three parts to the free will or different types of will. Can you explain that? From God. Theologians, what they've done is they've looked at the will of God, at his actions, and they've kind of categorized things. They said, look, over here we see God's decretive will. That's what they call it. You know, God says, let there be light. And boy, it just happened. He decreed it by his command. Oh, there it is. And then they see, you know, he, he, he says, don't make idols. Don't lie. Don't steal. You know, so we, they call that the prescriptive will. It's a prescription. This is what you're supposed to be doing. Well, to do these things and don't do that other stuff. So that's called the prescriptive will. But then he says, don't lie. That's his prescriptive will. But he lets you lie so that he wills it in himself. He wills to let you lie. It's his will to permit you to lie. So, you know, I want my daughter to clean up her room when she's little. Uh, my will is that she clean up her room. But I. But it's also my will to permit her to not because I'm not going to force her and everything, you know. And so it's like a, it's called prescriptive and permissive. God prescribes one set of behaviors but permits people to do something to the contrary of what he prescribes because they have free will okay okay and uh with the permissive will like since god knows everything wouldn't he already know what decision we would make when he created us yes that's correct mm-hmm. so wouldn't that mean everything is already predetermined there's a yes and a no to it uh, this is where we get into the mystery of how god works God knows all things, and everything that comes into being can only come into being by his decretive will, or his, I like to say his direct or indirect will. He, he knows whatever decisions you're going to make, and you're the one making them. He just knows it, and there's reasons we can get into why he knows, but you're certainly free to make decisions, and he knows whatever choice you're going to make ahead of time. That's because he's God, and you're free at the same time, okay? Right. Okay, and I, had a, I was wondering if you could um, relate Calvinism to like the, the Old Testament and the New Testament, because I've I've heard people uh, say or or even ask like, did God change His mind like with the New Testament? Didn't He change no. His mind? No, He didn't. Uh, he, for example, prophesied that in uh, that the gospel. Uh, I'm thinking of Galatians three eight, where Paul quotes uh, Genesis twelve three and calls it the gospel, which God says, in you all the nations shall be blessed. And in, Je- in uh, Zechariah 12.10, God says, they'll look upon me whom they have pierced. And that's Jesus, God in flesh, who's pierced. You know, um, Jesus came to fulfill the law, the Old Testament requirements. So in, in uh, Leviticus uh, 8, Numbers 4, Exodus 29, in these chapters, that's where uh, the, the necessities for entering into the priesthood were prescribed for the priest. Well, Jesus fulfilled them. He was 30 years of age, verbal blessing given he had to be uh, anointed with oil and sprinkled with water that's what the prescription is and he's a high priest after the order of Melchizedek so it's not like God's different no he's harsh in the Old Testament and gentle in the new he's harsh in the Old Testament in that he guarded the nation of Israel and wiped out nations who were ultimately in the service of the devil as the devil was moving them to come in and destroy the people of Israel so that the messianic line would be destroyed and Jesus would not arrive so God protected the nation of Israel and then once the Messiah came, crucified, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, now we don't have to worry about that. So now we are told to fulfill the Old Testament law. 
And so Jesus says the greatest, the greatest commandment, he quoted Deuteronomy 6, 5, and he quoted that in Matthew 22, 37, when he said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he quoted Leviticus 19, 18, which is love your neighbor, he quoted that in Matthew 22, 39. He says in the next verse, verse 40, these are the, uh, in this, these two commandments are all the, all the prophets on the prophets. So then you go to Luke 24, 44, where Jesus talked about what was bearing witness of him in this, the law of the prophets and the, and the, um, and the law of the prophets and the Psalms. And so, so, you know, the Old Testament and the New Testament are interrelated. They're not contradictory. In the Old Testament, there was the covenant of law, let's just say that generically. But in the New Testament, we're into the covenant of grace. And it, it, there's a lot of yes and no's in this. I'm not going to get too deep into it because there's ways of defining terms and getting into more theology. But we now enter this covenant of, it's called the new covenant, where God has written his, his law in our hearts, Jeremiah 31, 31. And this is what's going on. And the new covenant is ratified with the death of Christ. That's Hebrews 9, 15 through 16. So they're, they're integrated. And the, Jesus mm -hmm. fulfilled the Old Testament. Okay, makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And so would you say that because people will ask, like, why didn't God just already come with a fulfilled law? Would you say, like, the old, the old covenant had to happen for the new covenant to fulfill? Well, God, God's ways are not our ways. And uh, me, because mm -hmm. I'm slick, I like things quick and slick, I'd have done it in, in <laughs> instead of six days, six seconds. Now we're all in heaven, let's have a good time. But I'm not God. Mm -hmm. And God has his ways of doing what he wants according to uh, what he sees fit. He doesn't tell us why. It's just how it is. So he works through people, through history. And I think part of the reason is we're created in his image, told to take dominion over the earth, male, female, children, sin. The Messiah's got to come where he enters in, and all this took time. And so he works through history. Okay? There's the break, buddy. Yeah. All right, man. Okay. Okay, God bless. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, God bless. Hey, folks, you want to give me a call? 877-207-2276. Be right back. Africa needs Jesus, and we need you to help us provide the gospel to its citizens throughout the ministries of Transworld Radio. Transworld Radio, along with the Truth Network and you, can provide wind-up radios to those who can't afford one on their own. Transworld Radio broadcasts the gospel of Jesus Christ directly to citizens of Africa, but many can't afford a good radio to receive it. For just $50, the cost of one wind-up radio, you can make an eternal difference in the life of someone, a family, or even an entire village in Africa. Since 2008, TWR has been broadcasting into several West African countries, and the results have been profound. Lukewarm believers are revitalized, faithful believers are encouraged, and new believers are coming to Christ each day. These wind-up radios encourage persecuted Christians as well as exposing the gospel to the persecutors. None of this can happen without your partnership to help distribute these wind-up radios. To give, call 888-988-5656 or go online to truthnetwork.com and click on the Africa Needs Jesus banner. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. It started off as a normal day. 
I felt fine when I arrived at the plant. Ruth Junius's life was about to change. Then I dropped my keys. They kept slipping out of my hand. My arm felt numb. A co-worker asked me if I was okay, and I couldn't speak. I started to get scared. Ruth was having a stroke. People around her weren't sure what to do. They thought I should go home or lie down, but I knew something was very wrong. I wrote 911 on a piece of paper with my other hand, and someone called for me. Because everyone acted quickly, doctors at the hospital were able to give Ruth treatment that started to reverse the symptoms. Within a few minutes, I was talking again. I didn't know a thing about stroke before I had one. Now I make sure that my friends and family know all the signs of stroke so they'll get help fast if they need it. No stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. Call 1-800-352-9424 for more information. Brought to you by the U.S. It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, we have two open lines. 877-207-2276. Next longest waiting is Jay from Ohio. Jay, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. How you doing? Doing fine, man. Hanging in there. What do you got, buddy? Hey, uh, I had a question on the NRSV Bible. Um, a buddy of mine uh, about a year ago gave me a, it's an NRSV um, Life with God study Bible. Have you heard anything about that? No. I'll hear stuff okay. when it's generally when it's a proper. And the NARSV yeah. <laughs> well, is just a the, new revised standard. It, it seems pretty good. From what I've right. So this one has uh, deuterocanonical books, and that's actually why my buddy gave it to me, because we were talking, and I was interested in just reading them. I uh, understand they're not canon, um, but just, you know, wondering if, if you had heard any feedback on that or anything. I was flipping through it, and I, I, I see the contributors to the front, people who wrote the commentary, and it looks like they're all Protestant. So I was wondering if it was like a Catholic study Bible or what, but it doesn't seem like it is. Well, um, I know what the RSV is, Revised Standard Version, but I don't know anything about the new mm-hmm. stuff, Revised. So someone could take a text like the RSV. I think there's copyright issues so that it's super old, so therefore um, it's free. Like public, King James is public domain. So you can take that and put it into a, right. a book, in a Bible, and you can do uh, mm-hmm. commentary notes on it and then make it the Matt Slick commentary, you know, using the King James, blah, blah, blah. So the NRSV mm-hmm. is that kind of a thing. So, yeah, I'd look to the... Uh, Okay. the contributors and see. I don't use the, the RSV. It's old. I think it's 150, 200 years, something like that old. And uh, it's fine. It's just because old is oh, really? bad. But uh, when was the NRSV? Well, let me put it this way. When, when look it up. When was the uh, the uh, RSV written or translated or whatever it is? 1952. I, I stand corrected. Oh, that's the E. Yeah, that's the You're RSV. Huh? 1952, so I stand corrected. Um, hmm. And so when was the... And then the N... NR, it would, probably what is the case with the NRSV, that was done in 1989, uh, first published by the National Council yeah. of Churches. And the National Council of Churches makes me nervous. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, it's a, a, a partnership of a bunch, about 40 or so um, uh, council of churches that get together and, mm. and stuff. And, uh, okay. Yeah, and so I need to do a a, a research, a brief thing that what you know what is a national council church is good or bad? Do I understand? No, it's not. Uh, okay. So, but it doesn't mean. So here's the thing: it doesn't mean that just because uh, it might be problematic there doesn't mean that the NRSV is bad. So what I would do is just right, do translation yeah. comparisons and things like that. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Cool. Yeah, and I that's. Do, do you know by chance if that 
the what, what was it you said the council of churches the uh national council of churches national do you know if it like are they involved with the roman catholic church at all or is that like an ecumenical thing or something you know i don't know uh let me see christian okay. faith groups i'm looking up some stuff to see if it gives a list and i can't see any particular list um but uh I'm, you know i'm curious now i'm really curious to see so i'm gonna have to do some research on that cool and, uh, i've been using a an esv study bible and i really like mm-hmm. that um mm-hmm. I, I like study Bibles a lot. I, I like to have the, the commentary and all of that. Uh, but this one doesn't seem quite as, like, like uh, theologically rigorous. It's more based at, like, the like the disciplines of faith, I guess, is, like, the concept of it. Um, so that, along with being deuterocanonical as well, I was just wondering if maybe this was, like, a Catholic edition of a Bible or something like that. Because I do believe that Catholics use the NRSV, like, pretty prominently as well. They use uh, the Douay Reims, and they use the Revised Standard. I think that's what they they use. Revised Standard, okay. So now I just found a list of the uh, National Council of Churches. Uh, Episcopal Church, uh, Community of Christ, that's not good if it's who I think it is. Um, Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. an LDS. It's a cult. Uh, Episcopal Church, bad. Evangelical Lutheran Church, ELCA is very liberal. Greek Orthodox is is in. That's bad. Uh, Wow. So... Yeah, but you see, it, just because. Uh, but then, look, the, then there's the Orthodox Church in America, I don't know, and that's another bad one. Patriarchal parishes of the Russian Orthodox Church. Okay, then there's a PC oh, wow. USA, <laughs> and that's really bad. And then the RCA, yeah, which is pretty pretty decent. So the Swedenborgian Church of North America. Oh, that's that's a cult. And then the United Church of Christ is a cult. The United Methodist Church is not technically a cult, but it's so liberal that you really can't trust anything that comes out. Much of anything. That comes sure. Out. Uh, and Metropolitan Community Church, which is LGBT. Hey, they're in there too. Okay, no kidding. Wow, that's quite the quite the ecumenical council there. <laughs> yep. So of course that's, that's warning man. flags. Okay, it's warning flags. And so sure. um, now, having seen that, my recommendation is be very wary of that because if the, if the members of those groups wrote stuff, I, I'm not really yeah. gonna trust them. You know, it's just me. Sure. Yeah, no, and I, I appreciate that. I get skeptical about it, too. Like I said, my buddy gave it to me just because it has the deuterocanonical books, and I was just interested in just reading them in general. Um, yeah, yeah. We're both I have one formed, you know, and I, I got a... Oh, do you really? Okay, cool. Yeah, well, yeah and I, 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 he just had it. He had it for some class he did at some point, and they were studying that stuff and whatever. Um, we're both reformed. We're, you know, I got a pretty light grasp on some of the cults, but I'm aware of, like, some of the stuff. So, uh, you know, like you said, just kind of threw some flags. I'm just curious if you had ran into that at some point. Um, no, but now you got me uh, intrigued. So uh, I'm taking some notes into my list of uh, questions I have to go through. There's 15 there, and there's how many? There's 68 there, and then I got another list of scrolling down at the bottom. Uh, that's not as big. It's only 663. So I've got about 750 yeah. questions i got to get to. That's mm-hmm. one. <laughs> is that all? <laughs> yeah, and then that's not even counting the over fifty people I'm supposed to analyze. And uh, right, yeah, there's a lot of oh, oh, you mean aside from that? Oh yeah, what I need here, I'm just going to say this: people could pray for this. What I need, what the ministry needs, is a million dollars dumped in the bank so that we can hire researchers, get an office, the whole bit, and just do videos, write articles, and just just knock this stuff out and uh, develop mm, teaching yeah. courses and all kinds of stuff. 
you know that we can yeah man i would i would love to i would love to see that for karm i definitely have i've been following you for oh gosh probably six months or so and i just really really benefited from it i'm in ohio and uh truth network was just recently well i don't actually i don't know if it was truth network in general but i just heard you on truth network on the radio and uh my understanding it was like a recent broadcast where they had just come over to our you know station or whatever so i uh definitely you know appreciate you guys well you know there's a lot of good guys on the radio network i know the owner he's a great guy and um the reason i'm on is because hank hanegraaff went rogue and joined the east orthodox church and so a lot of churches i heard about that yeah, he went rogue. So a lot of stations just said, forget it. And so I got uh, contacted by different networks saying they wanted me on. And I, well, I, mm. this is the only one I could I could uh, afford because people don't realize we get paid oh, really? to do this. We pay to do it. Yeah, it costs money yeah. out of car every month, and it's not cheap so that we can give information out and answer questions. And uh, a lot of sure. uh, you know radio people, they get paid to do their stuff. But, you know, I don't. Yeah. The car doesn't. And she doesn't. So we do need that support, you know. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. No, I I pray that for you guys for sure. I'll I'll include that. I uh, I know you know how much you do personally and all that, so it would be you know a blessing to yeah, get a load off your shoulders too. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Plus, I have to. <laughs> it seems yeah, like I have I've got new uh, and new responsibilities. I started a doctorate degree uh, program. Mm. Don't know how far I'll get into it because I just don't know what the load's going to be. My wife's health is deteriorating, and I have more yeah. responsibilities in CARM lately because we we lost a guy we couldn't pay him enough, and uh, he had to go down to ministry. and And praise God, oh, so I've got extra responsibilities, and um, so it's just a, a coalescing of a lot of stuff. So I'm working a yeah. lot and very hard. All right. So pray. Yeah, pray it seems like it. Yeah. All right, buddy. There's a break. Got to go, man. All right. God bless. All right, brother. Thank you. Bye bye. Right, we'll see you. Okay. Hey, we'll be right back after these messages. And we'll get to Martin right after this. Be right back. You know, honey, I think I deserve some kind of reward. Here, have a pickle. Thanks. After all, I did find us the perfect house. Have another pickle. Thank you. But remember, then I found out how much our house was going to cost. Mm, yeah, but then I found us the perfect mortgage. Got any more of these? Sure, help yourself. Mm. But then I found out our perfect house had radon. The stuff you can't see, smell, or taste. And it's radioactive. And it's the second leading cause of lung cancer. <sighs> some dream house. Yeah. I need two pickles. Mm, true. Mm, but then I found a phone number to call 1-800-SOS-RADON where you can get all the information you need to test and fix a home with a radon problem. You did. Yeah, and then I found out we were going to have a baby. So, you know, your study, it'd be a perfect room for my mother. Right. Now I need a phone number to fix a home with a mother-in-law problem. Hey. I'm in a pickle. Did you say baby? Do we have any ice cream? Protect your family from radon. Make your home safer. Call 1-800-SOS-RADON. 1-800-SOS-RADON. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips that you plan in advance, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing? Or your daughter's first birthday party? You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our quince's. The same way you plan each detail for those moments. Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. What is dedication? My biggest fear in the middle of my addiction was that my kids wouldn't have a father. I overdosed on heroin and I lived. 
And I started thinking, you know what? This isn't my story. My desire to change had finally outweighed my desire to stay the same. I felt powerless for so much of my life. It's important to me that my kids are empowered and truly believe that if, if they can think it, they can do it. I definitely had to become a better man to be a better father. For the first time, I, I finally feel like I'm exactly where I should be, where I want to be. <laughs> That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, it's real easy. All you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Let's get to, let's see, W. Martin from North Carolina. Martin, sorry for the long wait, but hey, you're on the air. Hey, brother Matt. How you doing? Doing all right, man. By God's grace. Hey. Yep. Oh, and uh, what were you saying about AKA... Bible Answer Man, because that's how I got to yeah. listening to you, because I used to listen to him, and it disappeared. Right, and the reason is because he left orth, uh, Protestant theology, went to the Eastern Orthodox Church, which teaches theosis, becoming like Jesus, almost to the point of divinity, uh, participating oh. in the energies of God that make you able to do what's necessary over a long period of time in order to obtain your your righteousness before God. So oh, basically, wow. it's a false gospel. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. That's sad to hear. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so a lot of I was stations come to about, me, that's uh, why I'm on here. Oh, uh, okay. Because I was wondering, because I, I would, uh, so now when I when I go for a walk on the treadmill or I jump on the bike, I'll put my phones on, the earphones, and listen to you, because you come on right after I get home from work. Well, good. And, uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, but I wanted to ask about, is Matthew 11, 18, 19, is that, do we supposed to just get exactly what it says from it, or... Yeah, mm-hmm. am I re- am I reading into it? Uh, Don't know. Because he's saying that he's saying John came neither eating or drinking, and they say he has a devil. So we know we know he ate and drunk. Or he you know you don't you don't live long. <laughs> yeah, so, what, they, what that phrase is meaning is just he's not a glutton and a drunkard. You know, keep eating and because right. they would often have parties where there was a lot of food. He was going and eat and drink. And the wine that they would often drink, they didn't have beer and stuff like that, really. The wine was diluted, so they had to drink all day in order to get a buzz, get drunk. And uh, sometimes they oh. did have harder uh, forms of, of, of liquor, a strong drink, which is prescribed, believe, believe it or not, in Proverbs 31.6. But this is just a phrase uh, that John the Baptist wasn't out there being a glutton and, and drinking booze and stuff like that. You know, he wasn't having normal stuff. He was eating honey and locusts and drank water out there in the desert, you know? Okay. So, they, so yeah. then 19, so then could we use that to say... Jesus did drink a little wine, and sure how do we did. know it was wine? Yeah, sure he did. I, I got cut off there. How do we know it's what? Oh, maybe we lost him. Uh, so let me just keep going. So this is a, a very interesting verse, uh, Matthew eleven nineteen. And so what it's talking about here is, is uh, Jesus is speaking of himself. The Son of Man came eating and drinking. So he would go with those people who were sinners. He would go to where they were, they would eat, they'd have meetings where they would eat, and he would be there. Not every time. And they would be having drink, and I believe he drank, I believe he had alcohol. Uh, he wasn't a, uh, a, a glutton, and he wasn't a drunkard, but he would have wine uh, just with people. I don't see any problem with that at all. Now, a lot of people believe in the blonde hair, blue eye, Caucasian surfer Jesus. Yeah, he would really, never, right. 
Yeah, they, yeah, there you back. And they would say that, well, the blonde-haired, blonde-caucasian surfer, Jesus would never do anything like that. He's always really nice. He wouldn't drink any alcohol because that's bad. Well, why is it bad? Jesus' first miracle was making uh, alcohol. Right. Making wine. So anyway, uh, so the idea is that the the exaggeration that the enemies will use. He didn't wasn't eating and drinking. Jesus is using the same phrase, eating and drinking about John, eating and drinking about himself. And so he's a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And so, well, wait a minute. Why would they accuse him of that? Because right. he was with them. He went with right. them. He talked to them. Yeah, he, and exactly. I, I often wonder, would Jesus be accepted in a lot of churches today? The people right. he hangs around with. Yeah, you never know. You know, That's true. Yeah, because he... Because this is in red. This is the red letter, so it's supposed to be his words, right? That was wrote down, quoted, whatever. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what it is. So yeah, so it's it. him talking. Right now, Jesus yeah. said it's not the the healthy who need a physician; it's the sick, and the people, yes, the sir. sinners, and were sick with sin, and he would he spent time with them. He spent time. That's right. Yeah, I, that's what I, he told I, the Pharisees, I, right? Since they said yeah. they are well and they don't need them, yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. Right. Uh, so I okay. have personally off of this I have no problem going into chat rooms where unbelievers are I've been in chat rooms where they talk about LGBT they're pro abortion I'll go into these rooms I'll listen and I'll, sometimes I'll, I'll volunteer information try and get a conversation with them they need the gospel they need the light and so we need that's to represent that's the only place that's the only time you're going to be able to talk with them right go that's where right. they go where they are right that's right uh, you know, I remember once yeah, I, go I, to, the I go to a bar okay. and you know here in the south all, all bars have food, have meals like home cooked restaurant. You know, okay. you got collard greens, and you can go into any bar here and have collard greens and black eyed peas and cornbread, and you know, <laughs> so they're open later than the restaurant. Yeah. And one of, the, one of the one of the one of the bartenders uh, that I go to one like every Thursday, I go and he go and he says, uh, I notice you, I notice every chance you get, you bring up the word, and. Uh, you know the people whoever's sitting beside you and he was like you you're making me feel feel bad because i feel like that's what i should be doing he said because i'm a christian so now when i go me and him will talk out loud and you know uh we look for any word to bring up the word and now he talks with me instead of me just talking to him by myself you know yeah well you know what um that doesn't bother me at all i mean i think it's uh kind of cool what you do uh, okay. because you know, a lot of people would say, no, you can't, Matt, you cannot encourage a guy to go to a bar. Well, you're right. going there and you're witnessing, you're sharing the gospel. Would Jesus do something like that? Apparently, since uh, uh, they said he was a gluttonous man, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Well, they were not going right. to flat out make something up about him. They're going to say, hey, see what you're doing? Now, see how bad you are for hanging out with them? He was doing <laughs> it. All right, he was doing yeah. it. So, yeah. That's right. You know, I was once met a guy and he told me that his ministry was to go to bars. And to sure. witness to people, and wow. a bar in, the, in Southern California doesn't have food like that. Generally speaking, it's a bar, oh. and uh, and sometimes those bars aren't real sanctified. Let's just leave it at okay. that. And he was raised in that environment because of his dad, and uh, it's a weird story. But at any rate, he said he would just go in and uh, he'd sit down, grab a drink, and he would just sit there for two, three hours. And he'd, just have, he'd milk one thing, and he wouldn't get drunk or anything like that, and he'd wait for people to show up, and he's praying, and he's asking. And he said, he said, he goes, Matt, he goes, you're one of the few people I can tell that I do this. I said, okay. And um, <laughs> he said, you'd be shocked. He said, you'd be shocked to know how many people who go to church uh, are Christians, supposedly Christians, and stop going and are now going to the bars and drinking. And he says, what are you doing here? And they go, well, what are you doing here? And he goes, I'm here for you. 
<laughs> and, and uh, you know, and he talks to them, and they go back to church a lot. They go, you know what, you're right. Wow. He just witnesses to them. So, uh, hey, that's not for me, though. I can't do that. You know. So, yeah, yeah, and, and I and I wouldn't advise, and I wouldn't advise a Christian that was right. a, a alcoholic. In his, are you a, are you the kind of person that you take one drink and then you got to continue? Uh, right. That you can't stop at one drink. I never been that type of person. I never was a big drinker. So drinking don't even. Yeah, I had, I had, uh, you know, my, I grew up stepdad, you know, knocking us around, you know, and everything. So I never, uh, yeah, I never got into that because I seen what it did to him. But yeah, but they got great. Yeah, they, the dinner is just as good as a restaurant food. And I guess, yeah. I guess I should say, not a dance, dance type bar versus a pub where it's just, uh-huh. t- it's all TVs yeah, and it's just you. TVs. Music over well, the thing, and yeah. You just reminded me. I did a debate uh, with two atheists in a restaurant bar in Dallas, uh, Fort Worth area, uh, about five, six years ago. Oh yeah, that's and, my uh, roof. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm born in Dallas. Yeah, and so they they actually said, "Hey, Matt, go do this debate. You got to understand that it's 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 a place where they you know a lot of people come in. They have a stage and they have they do all kinds of stuff and and bar and people drink and they and I said, okay, that's where the unbelievers are. Let's go. So uh, yeah. Okay. So I did a debate there, and a lot of people showed up. All right. Wow. Okay, man. All right, buddy. We got other callers waiting, so God bless you. Keep up the good track work. Okay. All right. All right, buddy. Okay, God bless. All right. Let's see. Next longest. Oh, man, that's a long time to wait. Rebecca, you're waiting over half, about a half hour. Salt Lake City, you're on the air. Maybe she's not. Maybe she got tired. Uh, If Hitler was still alive, would Jesus forgive him? depends that's a question worth getting into but we'll do it right now let's get to let's see let's get to cindy from ohio cindy welcome down here can you hear me okay yes i can mm-hmm. okay wasn't sure if i had to close out clubhouse app or, or what okay right. um i'm sure you get asked this every year <laughs> um just wondering your thoughts on uh, trick-or-treat mm-hmm well, um, uh, the negative side is that there's a lot of occult stuff involved, and we Christians should not be involved in anything occult. On the other hand, it's really cute to watch the kids come to the door. And I love it. Every every Halloween, I get candy. My wife thinks I'm... But she just looks at me. She goes, I can't believe you enjoyed it so much. I do. I just jump up to the door and enjoy the children in their outfits. Because for them, that's all it is. They're just getting candy. They're having fun. And I enjoy it. So I look forward to that. So can a Christian celebrate that? In that sense, sure. Uh, you know, we had our kids. We dressed them up, and my wife and I did. We took them to Trunk or Treat. It was a church gathering, and they had, they had uh, a parking lot, and they had uh, a bunch of cars that had their trunks open and in a, in a U-shaped thing in a parking lot. And the kids would go around to the cars and get candy. And that way it was a safe environment. So, you know, it just depends. You know, and, and we don't want to, so, you know, dress up as demonic things and put our kids out like that. But there's a concept in the scriptures in First uh, Corinthians 10. Uh, can we eat meat sacrificed to idols? Yes, we can. We're free. We're free to be able to, to do that. But we don't want to stumble anybody else. We're free to be able to celebrate and dress our kids up in Halloween costumes and little bunnies and they go door to door and get candy. But we, don't, but we have to be careful at the same time. We don't want to stumble anybody in our freedom. And so for each person, each Christian, it's uh, between that person and the Lord. Okay. Well, that, I do the same thing. Um, I grew up IFB, Independent Fundamental Baptist, for anybody who doesn't know what that means. Sure. And we did the same thing. We had uh, trick-or-treat at, at the church and that sort of thing. And I always told my children, you're not going to dress up as anything evil. Right. <laughs> and um, 
And so now I do the, you know, I put gospel tracts and baggies with candy and yeah, have some yeah. for the kiddos and some for the, for the adults and that sort of thing. But there are always those extreme oh, friends yeah. who say you shouldn't even do that. Right. That's and their judgment. I know you have, you have, have them call me. Right. Hey, I know yeah, sorry, to we're, sorry to interrupt you, but we're out of time. <laughs> we're out of time. There's a the music. I'm sorry. Right, call back tomorrow. Let's talk some more. Let's talk about your right. friends and stuff, okay? Right. <laughs> sorry, Sid. Okay. I apologize. Okay. Hey, folks, sorry about that. We ran out of time. If you want, you can call me tomorrow by God's grace. And hopefully we'll talk to you then. Have a great evening. Another program powered by the Truth Network.